Fox 5 and Hot 97 present Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. I'm so glad you're joining us for this special episode of Street Soldiers on location in East Harlem. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. I've always loved East Harlem because of its vibrant energy, its diversity, and its important place in the city's Latino culture, and of course, the people. But today, residents, local leaders, and business owners are facing challenges beyond their control. Despite that, they're coming together and trying their best to make this place a better one for everyone. This Latin music store selling CDs and tapes of legendary Puerto Rican artists makes you feel like time is standing still. But go up Lexington Avenue just past 116th Street and you're in another world. Store owners and residents try to survive amid the unmistakable signs of the opioid addiction crisis that law enforcement says is claiming the life of one New Yorker every three hours. People under the influence are passed out, others injecting drugs and needles on the streets. It's the number one complaint from the neighborhood, says community leader Keoka. Jackson. This is where everyone comes to for some reason. Um, it's usually a big crowd of people out here and this is and you can definitely see the impact of it, how it's impacting the community. City Council Deputy Speaker Diana Ayala says positive news about East Harlem like the cultural events and new opportunities often gets overlooked. She doesn't deny the current crisis and even keeps a small biohazard container with her for the discarded needle she finds walking to work. It easily fills and is picked up weekly. She is resolute and expecting a better future soon. And you introduce fentanyl and then COVID and it's so many different things happen that just made the situation worse. I feel like we're at a point now where we're kind of stabilizing and we're seeing that we're on the downtrend. NYPD crime statistics show that as of October 22nd, overall crime was down 11 percent in the 25th precinct, but it's still a daily concern for many here. Some people that take you by, they have a knife, so forgive it, that's it. To be honest, I feel like it's getting worse. It's not getting a little better. A lot of drugs selling around the corner, a lot of shooting, uh, stabbing, cutting people, a lot of bad things happening. Dan Cohen owns a super nice coffee shop on East 117th Street and says his family has been in East Harlem for nearly 100 years. He's not about to leave despite daunting challenges like drug use in front of his shop. I'm hopeful that, that over time we'll be able to change sort of the, that dynamic here to allow the, the talent and beauty that's in this neighborhood to, to feel comfortable flourishing. <laughs> The owner of this East 116th Street discount store says some people shoplift simply because they can't afford essentials. City government research shows that one out of three East Harlem residents are below the federal poverty level. We cannot call the police for every each one coming here and we need the security. No, we do our job. We have, in Harlem, we have a good neighbor. At 125th Street and Lexington Avenue, commuter Kenneth Menz says something needs to be done. There's a lot of drugs around and it's just not good over here. It's not, it don't feel comfortable to be coming off of work, coming on a train and want to go down there. Just one, two, to all the nice stores and to come out to train and see all of this. We took these concerns to the NYPD and walked the streets with Chief of Patrol John Shell. We got an exclusive look at Operation Four Corners, a coordinated effort to clean up the street, help those in need, and crack down on crime, including drug dealing and drug use. Coming to Harlem, go shopping on 125 Street, but you're not coming to do drugs. You're not going to buy drugs. You're not going to sell drugs. We're not going to lay around the streets. Right now, we're going to talk with City Council Deputy Speaker Diana Ayala. She's fighting hard for her community and says things are starting to look up. Hello there. Hello, Lisa. 
Welcome to your house. Thank you so much. Great to see you. Uh, gracias, oh gracias. God, I'm so excited to have you here. It's fantastic to have you yes. here. Deputy Speaker Ayala, great to be talking with you. When people think of East Harlem, yeah. they have different things depending on what the most recent headline was, and a lot of times the headlines are not the most positive. That's right. What do you think are some of the most misunderstood things about this community? Yeah, I mean, I think that people hear, you know, about the, and I hear it too, right? I watch the news and I, and I you know, constantly see my community being reflected in a way that is not always positive. Um, and I think that it gives a misconception that we're, you know, that the community is not as safe as it could be and that people should not come here um, and frequent, you know, our restaurants and our stores. Um, and that is not necessarily the true reflection of who we are as a community. We, you know, have festivals and, you know, uh, museums and uh, community gardens that are beautiful spaces to come and visit. Um, but we do have challenges, right? We also have higher rates of poverty. We have higher rates of concentration of specific, you know, programs for individuals in need, right? And um, that oftentimes, right, leads to a uh, certain activity out in the street that the community, right, obviously, rightly so, is concerned with. Um, but I don't think that it's, uh, you know, I think that COVID kind of exacerbated that, right? We had, we saw that um, there was an increase in the usage of heroin in the last, you know, uh, five, six years. We've been on an incline um, for a lot of reasons, right? Uh, medication, uh, over-prescribing opioid medication. And then you introduce and then COVID and then so many different things happened that just made the situation worse. I feel like we're at a point now where we're kind of stabilizing and we're seeing that we're on the downtrend. You've told me in the past about a year or so ago that you felt the community was being uh, given too many treatment centers for people with substance abuse disorder, specifically drug users, and that yeah. the, a lot of them were not, that were using these facilities yeah. were not even from the community. What's yeah. what's the situation with that? We have historically had the highest concentration of, you know, uh, harm reduction treatment facilities. And I want to be very clear that I do support harm reduction and I support these services. I think that they're life-saving. I don't think that as a community, um, it serves us well to have so many and to have them concentrated in a specific corridor or, you know, uh, you know, block radius. And so I think as government, we need to be a little bit more responsible um, in doing our due diligence and going out into the community and really taking, a, doing a, a sort of like a community-based environmental impact study and saying, okay, we have, you know, we have this here, we have that there. If we add to that, is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And then make decisions based off of those assessments. That doesn't happen, right? Because we're so desperate for real estate um, and locations that we just adapt whatever is available. Um, and that is has been, you know, to the community's detriment, specifically on 125th Street, where you see a lot of that. Was some of the crime due to uh, drug users trying to get things to sell to yeah. get, buy more drugs? Yeah. So what we did see after the pandemic was, that, again, um, you know, drug use in the community did spike. There was a large number of fentanyl that was coming into our community and very little um, effort to really combat that. I think the NYPD did a fantastic job of really pivoting and addressing the gun violence that was happening because that also spiked, you know, throughout the entire city, not just specific to East Harlem and nationally. Um, but we neglected the, uh, the the drugs that were coming into our community, right? And so that spike, at the same time you introduced fentanyl, people uh, got, a, you know, that were already suffering from addiction issues, uh, got progressively worse and more and more desperate. And so they started breaking into Rite Aids and Dwayne Reeds and Target um, to buy you know, take the goods that they would then sell and use, uh, unfortunately, to buy drugs. In terms of your to-do list right now, your top things for, for your district here, and especially the East Harlem yeah. part of it, what's on your to-do list? Oh my goodness, so much, so much that we're working on. Right now we're working with some of our local nonprofit organizations who um, really address the issue of, of gun violence. If you have a community center, you have all of these young people are coming in there and, you know, recreationally we have some things going on, but there's no real skill setting um, opportunity 
we're not necessarily engaging from them from a social services perspective and so really engaging with our community uh, based organizations to introduce uh, employable skills right like culinary classes like dance like things you know our kids are entrepreneurs and really creating those opportunities for them we're bringing in a bid to 125th Street which we're really excited about it's the first bid in East Harlem um, so it's something that we're really proud of and you know that we have worked for a really long time uh, to get um, and really just revitalizing um, specifically that corridor. Coming up, we'll talk with a community leader who will show us residents' number one concern. Let's check in right now with Kioka Jackson. She's the president of the 25th Precinct Community Council. What that means is that basically she's the voice of the people to the police. Kioka, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Why did you want to show us this whole strip here along Lexington Avenue? Sure. Lexington Avenue seems to be the main complaint here in East Harlem. It kind of is like what we call the 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 epi, the epi area of opioid addiction and how it's affecting our community. So when I have meetings, this is what everyone talks about. All right, so we're going to take a look, take a walk with you up Lexington and get an idea of what's really going on here. Absolutely, let's do it. Yoka, how do you see the problem here? I see the problem as being, you know, not being able to, people fearing to come outside, people fearing to walk through the community. Certain times of the day, people don't want to walk around this area um, just because of how the impact is happening right here in this area. What about in terms of crime? Because the this harm reduction gives them free needles, sometimes large packages of 10 to 20, we're told. And then where do they get the drugs? They have to get money for drugs. Crime definitely is, you you know, in terms of packages being stolen, in terms of car thefts, in terms of breaking into people's cars, um, a lot of a lot more um, car like larceny, things of that nature. So I'm assuming, you know, there there's that. Now, shoplifting, you said, has been a, a big problem here as it has in so many other communities. And with the closing of Target, what has that done for you and for the community? The closing of Target is a block uh, for our community because that was our staple. That's where everybody went. You can meet up with everyone at Target because that's where that's where we did our shopping. Um, so closing Target because of the robbery reason smash and grab is something that is going to really affect our community negatively. Target did a whole lot of community service that probably, you know, went unseen, but the com our community knew about it because they were out here. They were with us doing events at every street festival. They were out here, you know, helping out, giving out things, the free things for the community that people would need. Anytime we called on Target, Target was there. And so we appreciate them. And it's, again, like I said, it's a blow. Kyoka, how has the NYPD been responding to your concerns and the community's concerns? So NYPD is great partners. Um, they are very open to listening to the community and hearing our grievances and absolutely has been on the street and on the ground and, and doing what they can. Um, the laws actually prevent them from doing a lot, which is unfortunate. Um, and then, you know, when they do an arrest and you see a person that's right back out on the street a couple of hours later. And so, you know, they're here, they're hearing us. They're, they We have task force that have been developed because of what's going on in the community. Um, right now we're working on the project called Operation 125. Um, so they're out here um, and they're doing the best that they can. So we thank them for that. In terms of what you like about the community, and what makes you hopeful and what makes you feel good about what's going on? What would you say those things are? If I have to describe East Harlem, um, East Harlem is one of the most culturally rich community. Like the word community describes us best. Um, we do a lot for young people. So we have so many resources that we utilize for our young people so that we can keep our young people occupied positively, that they are having stuff to do, no idle time to keep them safe. So one of the programs that I'm heavily involved with is the Harlem Giants. It's the NYPD and the New York Giants. Um, and it's a mentor program with a 
Giants and the NYPD come out, do drills, and mentor our young people. And what do you see ahead for East Harlem, for this community? I'm very hopeful that, you know, as we're going through the opioid addiction crisis, as we're going through the robberies and things that happen, are, you know, are just intensifying the negativity in our community, that we are going to band together and work together and get some stuff done. Coming up, we'll meet a small business owner who's determined to keep his retail dream alive. Dan Cohen always wanted his own coffee shop and bakery, and he got it. But now his dream is being threatened by something that was never in any business plan. Dan, how is business? Business, business is okay, but, but, but you don't really ever plan for, for a neighborhood to turn into what East Harlem has turned into. You know, you, you plan for, you know, how you're going to attract customers. You plan for how you're going to you know, handle your production. You plan for how you're going to hire staff. But you can't really plan for uh, a neighborhood that's just inundated with open-air drug use and uh, severe mental health issues. We just received influx of people from all different neighborhoods both in the city and, and outside the city and it's very difficult for the neighborhood to absorb all the people that, that come here both seeking treatment and seeking the, the drugs that are available on the street because dealers come in to prey on the vulnerable population that the neighborhood already has. So over the, since the pandemic, we've seen a sort of an explosion of open-air drug use, so public drunkenness, public drug use, uh, people using the streets as bathrooms, uh, petty crime stuff. It's just, it's gotten very, very difficult here. And then in terms of how it's affected your business, per, you know, specifically, tell us about that. All of these problems affect us in ways that I don't think that people necessarily see off the bat, right? Because people could walk by and see us doing business like normal, but that's not really the way that it is. Uh, it's very difficult to attract, to attract employees, right? I have prospective employees who don't want to work here because they come and see what goes on in this neighborhood and they don't feel comfortable. I have staff that doesn't want to come to work or doesn't feel comfortable coming to work in the morning because they see what it's like on the subways down in the train station when they get off the train and it's uncomfortable or they you know, are here at five o'clock in the morning when it's dark and they don't feel safe. And so it's very difficult to have staff, to have supplies and even to have customers, right? Like we, we're right off the subway. We rely on, on regulars walking by on people coming off the train. But when people don't feel comfortable and safe walking around a neighborhood, the strain that it puts on us to keep things going is, is real. Unfortunately, we had one of our staff members who actually had to administer Narcan. We keep Narcan in the shop because we get asked for it all the time. Uh, and in this particular case, uh, one of my baristas had to run outside and administer the Narcan himself. Uh, never did I expect that that would be part of a barista's job responsibility to, to save somebody's life with Narcan who's ODing on the street outside. But that's kind of where we are. How frustrated are you? I'm frustrated, but I'm sad also. It's a very sad situation and, and there are there are solutions out there uh, and then it's not just this neighborhood's responsibility to to solve the problem this neighborhood bears uh, a, a disproportionate burden of the city's uh, problems with respect to, to drug addiction and mental health and and at some point the rest of the city has to step in and say we will accept our fair share of responsibility for handling these issues in terms of your commitment to the neighborhood you're committed but what do you see ahead I've lived in this neighborhood for a long time I'm, I don't plan to go anywhere I love this neighborhood I think that we as a neighborhood are starting just starting to, to come together figuring out how to say to the people responsible for okaying these types of uh, uh, supportive services uh, the addition of these supportive services to the neighborhood we're just starting I think to understand how to say how to have a voice and say no we don't want any more of these I'm hopeful that that over time we'll be able to change sort of the, that dynamic here to allow the, the talent and beauty that's in this neighborhood to, to feel comfortable flourishing uh, but at the moment it's really frustrating I understand the reasons why we want to decriminalize uh, open air 
drug use. I, I understand the prison systems are are, are terrible, uh, do terrible things to, to our neighborhoods. I understand, but the, the on-the-ground impact of decriminalizing open-air drug use here in this neighborhood has been dramatically negative. And so, you know, I don't know that, that, that the consequences of those types of legislation were really understood, but if anybody wants to come walk around East Harlem, they'll, they'll see for themselves what happens when you make those kind of decisions. This Mexican grocery store owner says he's not sure how much longer he can hold on. What are you experiencing here on the street? Uh, ¿Qué experiencias aquí en las calles? Eh, una experiencia muy mala, muy mala. La gente eh, afuera se, se mete droga, se hacen del baño, eh, asaltan. Tenemos una inseguridad muy mala. It's been getting really bad recently. It's been getting a situation with a lot of drugs, a lot of um, individuals using the bathroom all over the streets in front of stores, um, people overdosing and things like that in the area. And it's been getting worse and worse recently. How has that affected your business? ¿Cómo te ha afectado el, el, el negocio? Mucho, muy, ha bajado mucho las ventas, como un 50, 40% ha bajado. The business has been dropping steadily, 50 to 40 percent um, regularly, and it's been getting worse as this, the area has been getting worse as well. What does he think needs to be done? ¿Qué crees que se tiene que hacer? Eh, no sé, me imagino que el, el gobierno tiene que hacer algo. No sé a quién le pertenece hacer algo para limpiar todo esto. Um, he said that it would, it would be great to have more help from the government or, or the city itself to help clean up the streets or do something because it is getting very difficult for us to stay open. After talking with so many people in East Harlem, we wanted to see how the NYPD is responding. We met up with NYPD Chief of Patrol John Shell at 125th Street and Lexington Avenue for an exclusive first look into their new multi-tiered initiative called Operation Four Corners. Chief Shell says they're laser-focused on one goal. We shouldn't have to walk your kids to school or home from school or to the store and navigate people high on drugs and shooting needles. That's unacceptable. Thanks for joining us for this special episode of Street Soldiers on location in East Harlem. Thank you to our guests and to the people in this community who shared their stories with us. You can watch it again and share it on our Fox 5 NY YouTube page. Remember, use your mind, it's your best weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all.